This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz. Oh my gosh. What a week. Okay, this last week's episode, I mean, Chris Colfer was truly a gift from the paranormal celebrity interview podcast, Gods. And I received so many messages and, and even talked to people people on the street, people at a show I did this week. I mean, people loved that episode. So if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen. It really was so, so wonderful. And I absolutely loved it. And I'm so grateful that Chris did the show. And like always, I think I've got another amazing one for you today. I've got a return guest, R.H. Stavis, Rachel Stavis, who is... Uh, a writer and an author and an exorcist. She wrote the book Sister of Darkness. And if now, if you're unfamiliar, here's what I might suggest: before you listen, maybe go back to the first time Rachel was on. It's a two-parter. It was last October, so it was October first and October eighth, and we get into a little bit more. R.H. Davis 101, because what she does is unlike what other people do. It's unlike what you see in movies of exorcists. She's a non-denominational exorcist. She can see what she calls entity, what I think a lot of people refer to as demons. And she has different categories of the strength of these demons or entities and so she has kind of her own language. So we get into that just a little bit on this episode. And she has an exciting announcement that you'll get to hear on this show. And I cannot wait for what she has in store for you. 
I would love to do a listener episode soon, so please send me your listener stories to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and put in the subject line, listener episode. Okay, let's get to this conversation. At the end of my conversation with her today and the little outro of the show, I have something that something insane that happened that I will share with you on the flip side. I'll see you over there at the at the outro and I'll tell you about it because it relates to today's conversation and next week's conversation. And uh, if you want to hear a little bit more of my conversation with R.H. Davis, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash On my second tier, I have a really interesting little uh, clip with her where I asked her about haunted dolls and past lives and Bigfoot and all that kind of stuff. We also talk about when she sees these entities on people, whether it's on TV or in person, what that's like for her. So we, we get into that as well. So go check that out. All right, here we go. My conversation this time with R.H. Stavis. On with the show. Oh, my God. You guys, back by popular demand, I have got R.H. Stavis here. Hello. Hello. I cannot tell you how many people, after you were on my show, so many people have told me that they have read your book, that they're now also obsessed with you. We love you over here at Ghosted. Well, thank you so much. I love you guys, too. And your fans are amazing. Yeah, they really are. And some of them have been like... um, I've heard from like one or two people that told me that they've reached out to you. I don't remember... Oh, wow. If they've necessarily had sessions or anything. Have you been doing sessions now that we're so, getting back? Yeah. So, like, you know, for me, it's kind of been a weird, like, well, for everyone, I guess, like the weirdest <laughs> last year and a half. Well, I've read your book. I think things are always a little more weird for you <laughs> than everyone else. <laughs> Maybe slightly more weird because I'm saying some shit as all this shit goes down. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I, I have done sessions here and there. It's so weird because like I never know because of my schedule so crazy when I'll be able to do it. So I'm always like, these could be the last ones. And then something opens up and I'm able to do it. So I've actually been doing them this month um just a little bit here and there and I've had so many visitations because I started doing remote sessions again oh the entities are wild 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 in summer really (laughs) well because I know you were telling me that you kind of have this um I I can't remember if you said like every six weeks or so you you have these moments where there's a lot of visitations from entities and stuff are you are you in one of those right now? Well, like I call those bad moons because like like etheric periods, mm. <laughs> like you know, like if they come, like basically, I get visitations from like sundown to sun up uh, over and over and over again. So there's like no sleeping during those times. Oh god! But it, it, I know it happens less frequently um, if I'm not doing specific work with exorcisms. So if I'm not actually performing exorcisms, I don't get them as much. But when I open myself up to remote cleansings again, um, it it happens again. So I did have one of those like three nights ago and it was startling. What (laughs) happened? Tell us. (laughs) So, okay. So I had, I I don't remember all of them. It's very hard to remember all of them because you get so many visitations, but this is going to sound like the weirdest thing ever. Well, I guess it all does. Okay. Talking to me, it sounds like the weirdest thing ever. I get it. You're in the right place. Don't worry. (laughs) We love the weird. I'm glad because that's, I feel like that's my entire life story. Mm -hmm. So I have a treadmill. This is a weird way to start the story, but I have a treadmill and I have gotten into running like in the last, I don't know, five months because it helps my brain kind of deal with all the stress of everything going on every day. And I'm not great at it. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Like I'm not very fast or anything like that, but I try to do it pretty consistently. And I, the other night when this all started happening, one of the ones that I remember very distinctly was I was trying to sleep. This was like like four in the morning. So really late, like almost light. Um, So at the end of the the journey, like 
I was trying to sleep and in comes this like, and this is what this entity presented itself as like a three and a half foot, very obese, bald, naked man just walks in the door of my bedroom. Yes. And it says to me, I just ran four miles. And I had two thoughts. The first one is that's not, you're, you're not a person, (laughs) number one, but nice try. Cause that's what they try to do is just like lull you into thinking this is just normal behavior. And then second, I was like, bitch, you did not run four miles. You did not. Like that made me angry. I was like, I'm not running four miles a day. You did not. So I turned around and I was like, no, no. And then of course it turns to you and the face like opens and there are like rows and rows of teeth. It's like exactly what you think it would look like. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I have to go through the trouble of getting it out and not waking people or dogs or cats or (laughs) everything else in the house. So do you ever, like when something like that happens, are you, I mean, you've encountered so many of these entities over the years, but are you ever like, I don't know, asking them more questions or like, now what's going on here? Who are you? What is this? Or are you just like, get out of here? (laughs) Well, I don't love when they're invading your space, right? So that's, that's not like, we don't have to sit down conversations at that point. Um, so for me, like the visitations are all basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get inside to see out, if that makes sense. Like they're trying to understand it's not even malicious, really visitations. And I try to explain that to people who have sensitivities. It's not really malicious. They're just trying to pop in, if you will, to, to see through your eyes in a way to see how you see them because they're not used to being so they they, so, they can't just go into a mirror like the rest of us? <laughs> I mean, they can see themselves, I'm sure. I don't know. Actually, never asked them that question. But they, they don't, they're not used to human beings seeing them. They're used to kind of walking under the radar and doing shit in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think any time that someone does or has a moment where they do, because, you know, people who have sensitivity, sensitivities, excuse me, like they have moments here and there where they see shadows or this or that, you know, bit of them. Um you know, it's, it's hard to explain, like, these are malevolent things that are actually not trying to be malevolent in that moment. (laughs) Oh, interesting. They've got their own vulnerabilities. They do. They actually do have quite a lot. You're actually so much stronger than they are and they don't want people to find out. Oh my God. It's just like any like living people that are, you know, malicious. It's like, it's so obvious. (laughs) It's like, you've got something going on here that you need to deal with. It's so true. Like I've always found and I like, you know, just in entertainment, not to change the subject there, but it's kind of the same, right? Like in entertainment, I've always found that people who were just making it big were always the people who were the worst to other people. And the people who are so big are the people who are the most generous and loving and wonderful. Mm. It's just like, they don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. God, I, and it's just too bad that you can't um, shoo those awful people away the way that you can. You know, <laughs> I wish I could. I mean, you can tell them to fuck off the same way, I suppose. But, you know, humans don't listen as well. <laughs> right. Well, so, OK, the last time I talked to you was in the fall. So it's been not quite a year. So uh. I'm so curious about what a year is like in your world. (laughs) I mean, there's probably been so many uh, visitations and exorcisms and, and stuff, (laughs) but I mean, how has it been? Um, You know, it's been kind of rough. I think, I mean, like we talked about a little bit there, like for everybody, you know, we've had this crazy pandemic times and like, you know, kind of moving in and out of that now and like having whatever the new normal is. And I think people have just been so on edge, like so on edge about everything. Like I feel like the world has so much more anxiety right now. Like, I don't know if everybody feels that, but I feel it all the time and it makes me crazy. Um, And so there's a lot more activity with entity. Like there's just a lot. And summer is the worst. It's the worst time for entity. Like, I mean, best time for them, worst time for us. 
um, because the heat makes people really angry. Oh, I can relate to that. Oh, it's so true. And like, I'm a person who will tell you right away, like summer is my least favorite season. I don't like heat. I don't like a lot of things. That's like, I don't like how bright it is. (laughs) I'm like a vampire. I'm like, I don't like any of those. Um, But there are people who think they love summer and they're lying. I'm going to tell you right now that they're lying (laughs) because (laughs) they say they love summer and they may have like nostalgic feelings for summer. Like I think people have that because of school and when they were out of school and, you know, they went, they live in places with big seasons and stuff like that. But the energy does not lie. And the energy is bad. Like people are very much more, more um, angry. They have like shorter fuse all of that stuff in summer and summer tends to be more stagnant, you know, energetically people feel blocked. They feel like, you know, they're not moving much, you know, in terms of like career and like love life and all, all the things kind of shut down just a little bit. Um, and again, that's not for everybody, but it's just overall. Uh, so the entities have a great time in summer because this is the time that they come out and play. <laughs> yeah. I've also, I've noticed that with this weird, historical time that we're in right now after the you know I, I keep catching myself saying like now that the pandemic's over which obviously it isn't but you know what um, I mean like now that people are vaxxed yeah. and they're like going out and doing things I have been on stage a lot lately and I've encountered so much messiness you know so many people that don't yeah. really know how to be back into the world right now <laughs> yes. and yes. um I'm curious if that would that kind of maybe reckless behavior and like, yeah, we're free. We're going to be crazy. Like, is that something that, that, that entities can be attracted to? Oh yeah. Because you're looking at low frequency. I mean, it sounds like you're not right. Because people are like, yeah, I'm out. It's so great. But underneath that people really have not had time to deal with the trauma of this. This was a lot, a massive giant trauma yes. for people. And on a massive global scale, and it's still happening. And so I think people are are not, they're trying to, like every other trauma people have when they just don't know how to deal with things because we're not, again, taught how to do this. We just stuff a lot of trauma down and keep going, you know? And we're taught that to get over things, to, to move on and get over things. But, you know, as I always say, there's no such thing as that. You have to move through something. So if you're if you're just trying to step over it, it's, it's not going anywhere. Um, so people are going out, they're trying to be reckless. They want to catch up. They're trying to stuff that trauma down by doing all the things that they didn't get to do for like a year in a night. So, you right. know, if you're, if you're like trying to drink a year's worth of tequila <laughs> in one night, it's going to be problematic and you're going to be messy. Right. Oh God. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's another thing that since I've talked to you, there's been some, some like demon news i don't know uh there's been uh there's been a lot of talk about the conjuring movie that recently came out are you familiar with that case at all yes oh yeah i'm all about like all the warrens cases so shoot it at me yeah i was just (laughs) curious your take on that because like this whole story of this man arnie johnson that um committed a murder and said that the devil made him do it uh what do you think about that? Is that true in your eyes or is it a possible thing? Well, yeah. I mean, we have a lot more than that too. Like we have Amity, but we have a lot of murders that people, those are very famous, right? But there are a lot of um, murders that happen where people are on death row and they talk about how they heard voices and they had all this, you know, telling them what to do. And a lot of people pass that off as either just mental illness or a made up story, right? Trying to get them out of whatever they've done. Um, and to a certain degree, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure there are plenty of people who've done that uh, or uh, certainly have mental illness. I mean, you know, very likely, but there is also in my world, at least, um, the, the giant possibility that they absolutely heard voices and were told what to do. I mean, that's kind of how high, you know, high end entity works, uh, as we've talked about before and like in the book and all that stuff, there are many different types of entities and some are more common than others. And some are looking for world changers, you know, and the more malignant and intelligent they get, the the higher they're looking for. And so those are the ones that are looking for people they can manipulate. But I should say 
that it's very hard to manipulate someone who isn't already heading in that direction. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. Because with that case, so, uh, uh, I mean, allegedly, I don't know what to say, but, you know, the a young boy was being possessed and right. his... I want to say, I always mess this up, but I think it was his sister's boyfriend was like, hey, demon, like, get out of the little boy and get into me. And then he became possessed. So, yeah, I mean, that part of the story for me, from my experience, and I've had a lot of years of experience. We don't need to talk about how many. We don't need to talk about how old I am now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But many, let's just say many years, thousands and thousands of people. um, It's very unlikely you know that's a thing that we show in movies all the time that drives me kind of bananas um because they that's like a trope we rely on as storytellers for horror and possession that they can move from person to person to person in the room yeah i mean the exorcist has a moment of that as well yeah i mean it doesn't really work that way um and i i should also say that on occasion it can. So I'll, I'll go through that. Uh, but most of the time it cannot do that because how entity works is it's working on a trauma uh, basis. It's looking for a low frequency and it's looking for a low frequency pattern that it, it can attach to. And not everybody has the same pattern. So it's unlikely that someone in the room would have the exact same signature, energetic signature to attach to. However, there are some cases where, you know, what I call realm walkers, which is like the biggest of bad, the most intelligent, like what people think is the devil, but it's not. Um, there are more than there's more than one and more than one on this planet. Um, those are the kinds that could for a moment move into someone else if they wanted to. But it wouldn't stay unless it thought that that was like unless that was the end goal, which I guess this story could be that. But according to the warrants, now I don't know how they figured this out but they believed that there were like 43 demons or something that they encountered uh from the exorcism and stuff so and that's uh that's a lot because um entities don't like to share and so most will will essentially cannibalize the others oh to my keep God. so you know it's that's more than one entity that's such a Ugh, it's such a thing <laughs> people say like they just they're like yeah i have forty thousand entities i'm sure i have forty thousand entities and it's like no you have one <laughs> um you know and that's true usually for places too if a place if a place is held by entity let's just say that that going back into the story even further it was the space which it wasn't but let's just say um it's the space right the space is where the, the problem is um and in a way it was because i remember that movie but Let's say it was the space, even the space, like to hold a space needs an entity that's on the higher end of scale. And they're not going to share with other entities. It's just not going to happen. They're very um, possessive. <laughs> yes. <you will. laughs> but I mean, do they. So let's say there's like, you know, one of these high end, uh, which makes it sound like they're fancy or something. But one of these high yes, okay. end uh, demons or entities is like in a house and there's like another like up and coming kind of demon trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to make its way up. And but, they cannibalize yeah. it. They eat it or whatever. They destroy it. Does that make the high end one more powerful? No, no, because the higher end ones um, are already kind of they already have the power of everything that's lower. So that's kind of how it works. Like we have the lowest on the totem pole, which I call a five because it looks like a five Barker drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, to me anyway. And that's the one that most people carry, you know, and I know we've talked about this, so I won't get into it crazy, but like, you know, it's, it's what most people pick up. Those are kind of the leeches of the entity world and people can kind of slough them off. They get better and higher frequency and, don't even know they had him and those are the ones that are like if you're mad you have rage you know if you're depressed you're suicidal just kind of amplifies everything all the way up to that realm walker and that realm walker can take up spaces can take up people can lure people from other countries states everywhere and it has such a pull and such a range it can control multiple people at once i mean just a lot of things so it doesn't really make it more and any kind of stronger, it just gets rid of it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Warrens? 
Um, you know, should I say, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about them on here, and this is what what I come to the conclusion of is, you know, they're trail they were trailblazers in a lot of ways, and um, and I think that a lot of times when you're doing something that a lot of people haven't done yet, you're gonna like you know make mistakes or make your own uh, conclusions or or whatever. And so I think that when people have a lot of criticism of them, it has to do with that, Uh, but. Um, but I do, I have a lot of respect for them, um, for the work that they've done, but I do understand where a lot of things that they've done, it's kind of been, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if that was a good thing to do or say, or, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit dicey. I mean, you know, it's hard for me, right? Because I, I have a much different approach than they ever did. Um, but also like my concern is always, always, always for the people involved. Um, not to say that theirs wasn't, but I wouldn't be trying a bunch of things I don't understand or know about to potentially make things worse. Uh, so my goal is always for the safety of the people involved, um, or the space involved with the people inside, you know? Um, and even when I go to exercise spaces, I, I, I have a lot of things that I expect of other people in the space. And most of the time it's that they won't be there <laughs> during that time because I feel responsible for them. And I don't, I cannot be responsible for someone getting hurt, you know, in any way. Um, that's kind of my thing. So uh, it's rough for me because I feel like a lot of the times that they did these things, they made things worse and you know, that's hard. But again, you know, I don't know that they would love me so much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, well, it is kind of interesting with like these film series, because from the people that I've talked to that have worked with them, it's kind of, I mean, it's like with any time there's like these autobiographical or, or sorry, biographical type shows where, or movies where it's, um, it's like, that's not really exactly the happy ending, but we're doing a movie here. So we're going to keep it going. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, a lot of times I think that the outcomes weren't the exact same as you see in the movies. No, of course. I mean, you can't, right. You can't, you can't just be like, and then they got worse when they left, you know, right. <laughs> and then it's not great movie fodder. And also like they make them so endearing and lovable and wonderful in the movies. Like you would just watch them for them, <laughs> you know, for the, for the, the fictional Warrens, you know, like the fictional Warrens are so tremendous and you can, you know, like exercise demons with the power of marriage. And it's really lovely. And, <laughs> you know, that's not how it actually works. And I know that for a fact, but it's still fun to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And I love Vera Farmiga. <laughs> if you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into, whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve. The key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Okay, well, another thing that has happened since the last time I talked to you is there's been more talk of the Cecil Hotel. 
Yeah, so much. I mean, it's gotten a couple of TV specials. And I always feel like the Cecil Hotel was like a thing that us LA weirdos like were obsessed with. And then like the internet really got into it. And now it's like that place is full blown, like join the ranks of like an Amneville or whatever. You know, it's like one of these like the most famous haunted or spooky places in in the country. But um, yes. yeah. Did you watch the specials that have happened? Um, I was interviewed actually oh. uh, for the Cecil docu-series on Netflix, um, but they didn't use what I said because um, I think they were going for, you know, more of a, a situation where it was about mental illness and trauma. Um, and, you know, I have feelings about that. Yeah, um, you know, okay, I understand that, but that okay that documentary series they explored a lot of different options and i was a little annoyed that they didn't entertain that because that is such a huge part of um like you know the spiritual haunted whatever that side of it is a huge part of this conversation and when they were talking about all the internet stuff and the death metal guy and like all that kind of stuff like yeah that's an aspect of this story with the internet Um, and a huge part of the internet story with it is that it's, you know, haunted and what's going on with the video and these photos that have been taken and whatever. Right. So I didn't, I didn't like that, but I understand why they sometimes don't have that stuff in because it, it, you know, I don't know, change, it's the same reason why they dismiss uh, the devil made me do it in court where they're like, no, that's a whole different kind of a territory right. we don't want to get into, you know? Oh, and like, here's the thing. And I I actually said this in my interview, um, which no one will ever see, but I did say, um, you know, if it, if I could, I could go along with that journey and that idea that it's, you know, just a tragic situation and tragic story. um, If it was the only one associated to this place, Mm. but it's not, it's one of so, so many, so many that people know about. Um, that dates that date back until you know basically when that place was built, and then to me for me before that. Um, but also, the, there are hundreds of stories that went on in that space that are not famous that people don't know about that are private stories. Like if you live in Los Angeles, you know someone who's been affected by that place. God, you know someone know. who has a story in that place, and it's not a it's not a public story. You're not going to share it. You know, you're not going to say it now. Like. You just know, oh, I know this person who was assaulted in, in this place or attacked in this place or something happened that was supernatural in this place or whatever. Um, but it's, it's a well-known fact for people who live here. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so mad that you weren't in it. I'm not, though, because I'm going to get to do what I want to do. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay, we've talked about how you want, like, it is a big goal for you to get in there. Um, yes. Any news on that? Well, okay. So I, you know, in my book, that was like a whole chapter, you know, the Cecil Hotel and how I feel about the Cecil Hotel and how I cannot wait to get my hands on the Cecil Hotel, Um, which is, to be fair, a very large space. (laughs) I don't know how people, how much people are familiar with it, but it's a huge, huge space. And when you go in and do a cleansing like that would need, Um, there's no stone unturned. So you would have to be there from start to finish the entire space. There's no, like, you can't just sit in a lobby and do your thing. You know, you have to go through everything. So I felt like, you know, I could use a little practice (laughs) before I go through 13 floors and, you know, 8 million square feet. Um, So there are other places too that I'm very interested in exercising um, that I can't disclose just yet, but there are many places, you know, on the planet that have, dark histories very similar to this and not all of them listen some of them are just traumatized spaces right that's not necessarily where an entity is so i can't say it's like every place that you know of that had this like mass tragedy is entity Uh, but there are places on the earth that are and my goal is to start setting out to those places and exercising those places to help kind of you know not to be cliche right but to help kind of make the world a better place 
And that is my goal. And now I am starting to do that. So I'm very excited. And I can't talk too much about it, but one of those things is going to be happening soon. And I believe you're going to get to see it on your TVs uh, around Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Well, congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that brings up. Okay, so now I have a bunch of questions just generally about this concept. Um, So. How explain how it's different to exercise a building as opposed to a, a human? So, you know, like with a person, it's a one on one, very private situation. You know, there's an attachment with a person. And again, like most of the time, people you see or people I see, I should say, you know, they they have kind of, you know, the more normal style attachments. They have Clives, you know, which we talked about, they have tricksters and tricksters just, just for reference again, like I said, I know we've talked about this, but tricksters are the ones that kind of show themselves to children as imaginary friends or, uh, you know, archangels or deceased people or whatever. Um, and before people ask this, you can tell the difference by how it feels because <laughs> they're going to be like, oh no, I saw a deceased person. Is that a entity or is that my grandma? No, it depends on how it feels. Um, so, you know, they have tricksters that they've carried for a while. They have wraiths, um, which are uh, the entities that are attached to, um, you know, uh, sexual violence, uh, molestation, rape. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people with that as well. And so those are like kind of the ones that I see all the time. Not everybody has the big guys. Um, The big guys are the ones that take spaces. So, you know, most of the time when I'm working on one person, it's, it's, I don't want to say easier for me, more commonplace for me. Um, and then when you're working in spaces, it's a bigger, it's a bigger issue because you, like I say, have to go through the entire space. There's not one place that you don't go. <laughs> so it's a very long, arduous, kind of more tedious, more um, energetically uh, draining situation. God, that sounds so exhausting. <laughs> My whole life is tired, let me tell you. <laughs> oh. Well, because I know you've talked about how the Cecil has like the biggest of the big, right? When it comes to entity. Yes, <clears throat> yes for sure. So are there other places that have that big that you know yes. of? Yes. And those are the places I'm interested in going after, you know, with my own show. Um, those are the ones that I'm going to be hitting pretty hard. <laughs> um, the ones, that, the one that you're going to see hopefully, um, uh, for the spooky season is a, a little step down from that. So it's not quite that, but, uh, the ones that I'm going to be tackling next, I think will all be that. What's like that, that you're allowed to talk about. What is like a, <laughs> a building that you have encountered that has like something, something big and you've gotten it out of there? I mean, I've done it a few times now. So most buildings, they have what I call collectors. So collectors are like second down, right, from from the realm walker, from the big guy. And collectors, what they do, and I think we went over this, but I can't remember, so I'm just going to say it again. Um, Collectors, they like to go to a place that has uh, mass trauma, where something happened where a lot of people, you know, essentially passed. Uh, And they like to use the deceased people who are trapped in the space. And by trapped, I mean, let me just clarify that they they don't think they can move on. It doesn't mean that they can't, but they're convinced that they can't. So the collector will use the deceased people like, like batteries, essentially, to scare the living people that come through there and then use the living people's energy. That's kind of complicated, but does that make sense? Okay, okay. Okay, so it's kind of in control of the deceased people. Got it. So when you go to these places, are you like, are you ever like, oh, that's just a deceased person. Never mind. Like, I'll just leave. Like, do you leave it alone? Or are you like, what do you do in that event? Well, so there's a difference, right, between something that's haunted versus something that has entity. So deceased people and entity are very different. Like entity is what people think are demons or consider demons or demonic. Not they've never been people. And then deceased people are deceased people. So you know, when people say they have a haunt, like a house with a demon in it, usually I'm like, okay, that's probably not the case. There would have to be some very special situation going on for an entity to sit in a house. Um, 
So it's usually just a haunted house, you know, like deceased people hanging out. So what I try to do, with, if, if I find a place like that, for example, what I try to do is I try to teach people how to interact with the deceased person so they can find out what they're there for, because there's usually a reason why someone's hanging out. Um, but sometimes on occasion, it's something like this, right, where you have to deal with a collector. And when you have to deal with a collector, they have a whole army of like, deceased people in front of them and so to get to the collector what gives the collector its energy is the deceased people so when i have that situation what i like to do is go through and release the deceased people first and by do all, all i do for that is having conversation with them finding out why they think they're trapped and what's going on and you know convincing them otherwise and so that takes its own time before you can even start working on the entity what about, I mean, have you encountered deceased people that are like, I'm a ghost and I like it and I'm good here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> deceased people don't shut up. That's another difference between entity and deceased people. It's like entity doesn't want to be seen. Deceased people are like, oh, wait, you can see me. I've got so much to say. <laughs> so deceased people are very chatty and they want to be around people and they want to help people for the most part, unless they were like really shitty people, um, which is, you know, sometimes happens. But yeah, they don't necessarily want to leave the house. They just want to have communication. Because that's what I it. wonder about with like EVPs or like when people say that they've seen like a demon or or some kind of non-human creature in their home i mean does that is that what is that the same thing that you can see or is that you know manifested in a different way or what what is going on there when they because you know i i hear a lot of evps and I, and a lot of times it's like a demon is saying this thing do you believe that that's typically just a deceased person yeah, most of the time I do. I, I think it is. I mean, if special circumstances, if it's not. Um, and that's not to say it never happens. Like I say, I mean, you can have a house that's in a very uh, weird energetic place or something very important happen or will be happening there and entity caught wind of that. So that could be there, you know. I can't say never. Um, but, you know... As far as people seeing things, there are entities that just pass through, too. So sometimes I think people kind of get a glimpse of their own momentary abilities that they've kind of shut down a bit. And so maybe they caught this or that, or maybe something wanted to show itself for a second and then disappear. But we do have entities that have nothing to do with humans that are just passing through. Well, I want to talk about this other big, exciting announcement that you have going on. Tell us what's going. Tell us as much as you can say. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I think you're talking about the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, for people who have watched Posies, I have gotten a question. So, Posies is the short film that I wrote and co-directed with my partner. Um, Kate Fisher and so we've, we've had it kind of making the festival rounds we finished Posies um, right before the pandemic started basically and did all of uh, everything <laughs> during 2020 which was nuts like all of the posts and everything and so we're finally getting it to festivals and it's being enjoyed and some of you guys have been watching it and I really appreciate it I got to I see it I highly endorse yeah. it it is it is beautiful. It is kind of disturbing. I mean, it is disturbing at times, but it's beautifully done. It's just, it's so cool. I really appreciate that because like for me, the only thing I really want to make is like beautiful horror, yes. you know, beautiful body horror, which is not usually together. We don't usually see those two terms together, like the very, very visceral and very gory, which this is not. Um, but where I'm moving into is. And so you see that and it's like a gore fest and that's how people usually direct it. But what I want is to make it obscenely gorgeous so that you really just can't look away at the same time that it's very, very troublesome. That's how I felt. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, so long story short, like people have asked because they've now been watching the film and it's available to see um, and will be more available, widely available in August. 
um, that my executive producer is Pamela Adlin. And so people have been asking, like, well, how did that happen? What's going on? And so... Well, if anyone doesn't know who Pamela Adlin is, like, first of all, Google her because you know who (laughs) she is. She is... She's amazing. She's been acting for a long time and producing. Also, she's the voice of Bobby Hill from from, uh, uh, King of the Hill. She's just the greatest. (laughs) My my favorite animated man. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you can have a favorite animated man. (laughs) So, yeah, so people have been asking, like, how did that happen? And it's because uh, about two years ago, uh, we met each other because my book, uh, Scissor Dark, who hopefully a a lot of people have read, I hope so, I hope so, um, you know, was going out for television and um, very long story short, she was loving it and now we are making a show for a series for fx which is very exciting and she is just the greatest um an amazing writer amazing partner executive producer like everything and um and i should add too that um we're also partnered with bellatrist uh the lovely uh emma roberts company and uh they are wonderful as well and so it's been a really fabulous experience and we're really excited to bring this uh to you. Um, but <laughs> during this process is when Posey's finally finished and she was like, I'd really like to watch it. And she watched it and turns out she loved it as well. And now she's also on board or her company is on board um, to help produce Wires, which is the feature script um, that we are now moving forward with uh, in terms of funding and everything, which Posey's was kind of not a proof of concept for because it's its own thing, but just kind of you know, the short to make sure we could do all the things that we wanted to do. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you have yeah. the time to be even talking to me? <laughs> I'm so honored. Um, yeah, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I love talking to you. The, so the TV series, is it pretty much like, you know, this cool uh, exorcist and her <laughs> adventures or what? I mean, yeah, I think we're trying to do that. And I, I think, you know... There are a lot of ways you could take my story, right? Like um, it could be like fantastical. It could be really grounded. It could be like messy because I'm pretty messy. It could be a lot of things. Um, and and Pamela is really fabulous because as you know, I'm sure you've seen and watched better things. I'm sure a lot of people. Yes. And it's such a wonderful, brilliant show. And, and she's such a, first of all, such a great person, but also such a vulnerable person who's not afraid to be vulnerable. Um, and she shows people who she is. And that's one thing that I was so impressed with when I met her. One of the reasons that I was so like, oh my gosh, I have to work with her is because she really is exactly who you hope and think she is. And I, I think the reason why is because she is so bold in the way that she writes things for herself. And so when we started writing, um, I I think personally, like, I was a little afraid to go there, you know, because I have a lot of weird stuff about my past that I don't really disclose. Like in my book, I do talk about like my mother was a malignant narcissist and killed herself with prescription drugs. And it's just like a whole, I have a whole lot of trauma in my background, you know? And so when I write, I was like, you know, writing the story, but I I was like, I didn't go to the place that was like, the grossest place for me. Do you know what I mean by that? Like the place that was like, oh, it makes me feel sick to write mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she was like, no, that's what we got to do. We got to write that. And then I'd, I'd put it down on paper and I would be like, oh my God, no, that's totally right. It's totally right. Like you have to share your whole self. You have to expose your whole self. And that's an incredible lesson that I'm still, still, still struggling with that. that Thank goodness I have such a powerhouse to work with <laughs> who does it all the time. Who's <laughs> like, nope, does that make you want to barf? Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. that This is going to be so good. <laughs> thank I you mean, so when much. you wrote We're your book, hard. did you feel that way? Did you feel like, like, oh, this is so weird to be sharing this or? Uh, yeah. I did. I did. And, and, you know, I had never been public before that book ever. And I still, I still consider myself kind of not 
<laughs> not yet. Like it's sort of happening, but I'm not like in a weird place yet I, for the most part. Um, and so, yeah, it was really weird for me to every week just kind of go through like the therapy sessions of my life <laughs> to put in a book for like everybody to read. And like, if you thought that was vulnerable, this is like a thousand times worse. <laughs> but isn't it so, so like freeing like, to get that out there? It is like I I never thought it would be. But, you know, like writing a scene, there's a specific scene that we wrote that um, is a, about something very traumatic that happened to me like as a baby and I'm just like I write that and I've never even talked about that before and I can't say what it is obviously because it's in an episode but you know like I I wrote it and I was like I'm literally writing the story of what happened to me when I couldn't even speak or think (laughs) basically and I'm just like I, I can't believe I'm doing that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're most vulnerable, like weird shit about you that you're just like, Oh my God, I am writing this now <laughs> for people to see. Yeah, It's just really <laughs> strange, but yes, it is extremely freeing. Cause once it's done, you're like, Oh wow, that happened. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So what are, what's, what's the plan with the show as of right now? Uh, we are in the writing stages right now. So we are kind of getting episodes together and, and creating something amazing to show you guys. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, finger all fingers all across, we're um, starting to get going uh, next year. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much. I hope you can come back when when you can talk more about. All I know, I'm still like half secret. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm so happy to hear even this news. I know a lot of people will be happy as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. I'm really psyched. I, I'm I'm very happy um, to, to be doing this and with such a great network. And, you know, we're really trying to make something that is interesting and different. And I, I hope that we do. I hope that it comes across. Well, you just have like such a unique skill and I, I you have this is something I've talked about when I've when you've come up where I'm like you guys I really don't think she's lying about this I really think it's real <laughs> and and that's like uh it, you know I'm a skeptical person in a lot of ways but you, you have you are a such a unique case where it's like there's enough reason I feel to believe that what you're talking about is legit and there's enough people that can co-sign for that. And it's just, it's kind of rare that you meet somebody with, with all of like, you know, all of these things in one package, you know? Well, I just think, you know, like I just tell it as I see it, (laughs) you know, like I'm not trying to start a church or convert anybody. And like, I have no interest in making you believe something you don't want to believe, right? That doesn't matter. And and I always say, you know, when people ask me, like, because they don't, I I see entity with my eyes, right? So that's not a normal thing for people, which, you know, for many years of my childhood, I didn't know. And so I spoke about it until I found out that makes you a nutcase. So you don't talk about it anymore for many, many years of my life. And then later on was like, fuck it, this is who I am. I'm not integrated. You know, I got to be who I am. And so that's really why it came about. It's not, it, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like this, like not everybody sees entity the way that I do, but you see the effects of entity every day, every single day, you know, that's the truth. And whether you want to believe it or you don't, doesn't change my work. I still have to keep Mm. doing what I'm doing. You know, it doesn't matter. Like if you don't believe in entity, it doesn't make any difference. Entity is still going to (laughs) attach. They'd rather you don't. (laughs) Have you encountered another living human being that has a similar ability as you? I mean, you know, it's hard to say yes or no, really, because like shamans, for example, have been working with entities since the dawn of time, right? So shamans tend to do, you know, uh, energy uh, removals and things like that. And, you know, there are different healers who do different modalities, like clearing fields and all kinds of stuff. Um, I've never met anyone who is, who has the sight that I do, um, but it doesn't mean they don't have something else that's their own. 
you know, like different healers have different things. Like there are people who can heal people physically, energetically, like physically, physically, like they can do surgeries. Um, We're all kind of born with our own, our own stuff. (laughs) And there are so many more people who have abilities and gifts that they've just stifled down. You don't even know you have. Remind me, do you have other, you know, quote unquote, psychic abilities of, you know, can you see the future? Can you see, you know, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Not really. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, um, you know, I can do some mediumship. I wouldn't say that's like my forte, but in dealing with things like collectors and stuff, you have to learn. Um, But, you know, and occasionally, like I haven't done these in so many years, but like I do, um, seances for my friends um once in a blue moon uh in my like backyard (laughs) I have like a party and I do like a platform experience which is basically like when a when a medium kind of stands you know on a stage or whatever and and things just people just come in and they just say this is what's coming in and then people you know respond or don't respond oh my god how do I get on the guest list (laughs) you're on the guest list oh my god I want to come that sounds so cool I can't wait to do another one. It's been like obviously quite a, more than a year. Right. <laughs> the last one I did was when Refinery did a video. Um, and I don't remember how much they show of it, but yeah. So that's like my, my only other gift, if you will. Yeah. Well, can I, but entity takes up a lot of my time. Let's just say <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> what limited time you have with all these projects. Um, can I play you some ghost voices? Oh, yes, please. Okay, it's time for EVPs or EV please. Okay, all right. So this first one is from someone named T-Tong1 on YouTube. Okay. And this is uh, the basement of the Memorial Auditorium in Wellington, Kansas. Oh. Okay, what do you hear? Okay, like always, there's like a lot of background kind of noise, but there's like a whisper speaking. I'll play it again. Okay. Ooh. Do you hear something? Yeah. First of all, does it sound like a demon or a human? I mean, deceased people, hard to tell. And I'll tell you why that is. Um, because deceased people, they move at a different frequency or a different vibration than we do. They're very, very fast moving. And so when when they speak, like if they speak, if you actually catch it, it's it's a different modulation because of how quick they move than they would actually sound. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if people know that, but that's why. So here, let me play it again. Do you have a guess of what it says? I feel like it says something like, help me. Let me play. Oh, man, it's too low for me. Help me (laughs) is such a common EVP. It's like all the time. Um, Okay, here's some options. Is it A, you want a piece of me? (laughs) B, I hear a demon. C, (laughs) get out of here. Or D, Go buy Sister of Darkness wherever you buy books. <laughs> all right, let me play it again. And I would love all of those to say D. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me play it again. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it C? It's um, I Hear a Demon. It is not. Let me play it again. Let me play it again. <laughs> Oh, it is. Actually, I kind of do hear that. I hear a demon. It does sort of sound like that. Wait, I'm going to play it one more time. I mean, I hear go by Sister of Darkness. (laughs) Um, Okay, here is one more. This is from someone named Archbishop James Cloud. um, (laughs) What is this one saying? Okay, there's some kind of, in the background, it kind of sounds like one of those spirit boxes or something, but I don't know if that's where this EVP is coming from. I think it, I think it was recorded um, otherwise. But, uh, okay, here we play it again. It sounds more like a human. Oh, 
Yeah. Any guesses? It almost sounds to me like he's trying to say his name. Mm. Like a Mr. Something something. Oh, I'm Mr. Something something. Yeah. I told I hear a M sound. Okay, here's right. some options. Is it okay. A, you're messy and drunk? Is it <laughs> B, you're messing around? Is it C, you miss being young? Or D, Deborah messing is hot? All right, let me play it again. Well, it sounds like you're messing around. You're messing around. Yeah, that's what they uh, believe it says. You're messing it does around. Yeah, it does. They also think it could be saying you're messing with hell. Um, and they also think that it's a demon saying this. Well, I think these ghosts have a great sense of humor. And I just want to also say that deceased people usually do. Yeah. So <laughs> if they're in a space and they think you're hunting demons and you're there with the EVPs, like, talk to me, demon, they'll just say demonic shit. Most of the time. Oh my God. That is so funny because, you know, with comedy so often, you know, it's people say it's rooted in truth and, and tragedy and, and sadness. And I can imagine that there are a lot of deceased people that are just like kind of twiddling their thumbs, maybe a little sad and just like, I'm looking for something fun to do. And I want to, you know, I want to have a good time and, and uh, not feel sad. But I mean, it's totally true. Like if you look at how many things you've seen where you, you know, someone's in a place where, you know, like I always talk about, like I loved, I don't know if you remember this and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but one of my favorite kind of ghost shows was MTV's Fear. Oh, which is God, like yes. years old now, right? But it was one of the coolest, best, most well done shows where you were just like, what the hell is actually happening? Um, but you would see, like, they would go to a location, let's just say, and there were, you know, children who passed in this location and then the little balls would roll around and stuff because they want to play, you know, they actually do like they, they're excited that people are there, you know, and they just want to interact and they want to be seen and noticed. That's why I always joke that, you know, deceased people don't shut up. Like if you want to talk to your deceased loved ones, you came in with ability. Everybody did and to talk to their spirit guides and all of this cool spiritual stuff that people have just kind of stamped out over the years because they don't trust it and they don't believe in themselves or they think it's crazy or someone told them it was crazy or, you know, all of that stuff. But like deceased people just want to be seen. They just want to know, like they want to, they want to play. They want to tell you stuff. They want to, you know, if they're relatives, they want to give you happy messages. That's most of the time. That's all they really want to do. When I think about with LA and like so many of our Hollywood ghosts and, and the people that died, you know, trying to get seen and trying to perform yeah. or whatever, that they're especially in the afterlife, like I got an audience here. Let me... Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so true. That's why, like, whenever someone says, like, I think I saw Marilyn Monroe and everybody's like, okay, why would Marilyn Monroe show herself to you? It's like, because why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, that's how she lived. She, you know, right. that was, uh, and a lot of times I think people that are in, uh, you know, pursuing a career in show business or whatever, they kind of confuse attention with their worth. And, um, you know, that's part of what fuels them is getting that attention or getting seen, getting validation. So I can imagine that in the afterlife, it's, you know, same. Well, and sometimes, too, I think people who've been through it and especially those who who died from the industry in one way or the other. Um, and then they see someone, you know, trying to be something or feeling down or whatever in a place that they used to be, that they might show themselves just to tell you to keep going, to keep trying. Yeah. Be that message for you, you know? You've done a lot of celebrity exorcisms. Have you, I mean, in the book, you certainly don't like name names or anything, but have there been any that like have publicly spoken about it? Um, Oh, there, I think so, but I don't want to out anybody right. in case I'm like messing around here. Yeah. Um, but I feel I, so I don't know if they've spoken like publicly, publicly, but I know for a fact people have told other people in meetings and things like that. Right. So like if someone has brought up, 
you know, that they read something of mine or, you know, that they were thinking about going to me, someone else will disclose to them that, oh, well, I actually went and here was my experience and I think you should go, Amazing. you know? Um, so I, it's hard for me to, to name drop unless they did. So if you are listening and you came here <laughs> and you want people to know, just shout it out. <laughs> totally. I want to talk to somebody that's been to you. I yeah, like I mean, there's been a lot. There, there's been a lot. But I get that. I get that. <laughs> well, I guess that's about it for this time. I'm so happy you came oh, back. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me again. I had so much fun. Yeah, I mean, tell people um, where they can find you, where they can get your book and and everything oh, else. Yeah. Well, the book is um, Sister of Darkness. It is available all the, all the places that uh, you can get it. I have a lot of fun reviews that you'll enjoy on Amazon if you wish to read them. Some are great and some are terrible. You'll enjoy. Um, and then, you know, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter less, but on Instagram more at RH Davis, um, which is like Davis, but with an S-T. Amazing. And we'll look out for you on our TVs. Thank you so much. I hope you like all our spooky things that we're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much to Rachel, R.H. Stavis. And you should go check out her Instagram because she, it's very insightful. And I've seen on there before where she's like, hey, uh, I had someone drop out. I can do an exorcism. So stop on by. Uh, so, yeah, check out that Instagram. And also, if you want to hear a little bit more, patreon.com slash rosdressfalaz. Second Tier has got a, uh, a fun little conversation I had with her about various unexplained phenomena and what it's like when she sees an entity attached to somebody on TV and in person. Okay, so the thing that I wanted to tell you about. So toward the end of this conversation, I had asked her about celebrity clients because I want to talk to them. I want to hear what it was like. And, um, you know, you heard what she said. But then I was interviewing RuPaul's drag race icon, Ben De La Creme, who was my guest next week. And we were just, like, talking about ghosts and stuff. And then Ben was like, I actually just had an exorcism. And I was all... Was it with somebody named Rachel R.H. Davis? And Ben was all, yeah. So my dream came true and I wasn't even trying. So you can hear that next week. Ben will tell you what it was like to have a session with her. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Please send me your listener stories, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, subject line, listener episode. Hey, can you rate the show five stars, please? If you have a ghost story, you can leave it in a five-star review, or I just like it when you guys, you know, write nice things about me, or just, you know, don't write anything. Just give me five stars. That'd be nice. Thanks. I'm on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. It's a great place to find out if I'll be doing shows anywhere and that kind of a thing. I'm on Cameo at Roz Dresfalez. Join our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfalez. And tell your friends about the show. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.